When you're a dad, you have to play a lot of roles. Hey, 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 don't eat that. Don't tap on the brake. Okay, All right. Oh, you're good. Take, take a left, turn left, turn left, turn left. When a man loves a woman, he... Honey! All righty, sweetie. This time I want you to concentrate and focus on the ball. You got this. Your date's here. Two weeks, no TV, no phone. This is my door in my house. I told you not to slam it. You get the door back when I say you get the door back. I told you before, don't you slam the door in my house. I told you. Hey, knock it off. Don't let me turn this car around. I'll do it. What are you wearing? No, I, you're not going anywhere looking like that. Go on back upstairs and put some clothes on. Oh! Got it. Ooh, sweetie, open the door. Get the door. Get the door. Get the door. Get the door. Open the door. Open the door, sweetie. Open. Bye. And Jesus steps in and stops everybody before they start throwing the rocks. And he says, let he who's without sin throw the first stone. You do all of this knowing that one day you will get fired because we all get fired. But by the grace of God, you might get hired back to be a consultant. Hey, sweetie, what's up? Yes, hey, hello, welcome. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers online, in person. It's Father's Day weekend. Uh, and if you are online, you just need to know you're missing out. We got the root beer stand for all the dads. Mmm. I just love the way that punches me in the throat. Um, dads, if you didn't get some jerky and root beer on your way in, grab some on your way out. If you did get some on your way in, get some more on your way out. Uh, great to have you guys. Um, and uh, man, I just, I would hate to miss an opportunity um, to tell some dad jokes. It's Father's Day weekend. And uh, what I love about dad jokes is basically it's the most brilliant branding to make something really lame and punny like cool again. And so, um, I have about a hundred I could go off of. I have a little stand-up comedy routine, but I'm going to spare you that. Uh, and so I do, although I will say it's, I find it interesting um, how Father's Day lands in our culture. Like about five weeks ago, we had Mother's Day. I don't know if you know this. Mother's Day is the number two celebrated holiday in our country. It's Jesus and Mama. That's how it goes. Amen. See, listen, you amen. Let's go. You know where Father's Day lands? 20. 20. That means Christopher Columbus is more important. Goose and goblins are more important. A little leprechaun is more important. Like Father's Day is like an after thought. So I'm going to give you three good, some of you need a good dad joke to wake your kids up or whatever this weekend. Uh, so uh, I'll give you three good dad jokes. Uh, you may have heard them, but um, after an unsuccessful harvest, if you know the answer, feel free to shout it out. Why did the farmer decide a career in music? Because he had a ton of sick beats. Yeah. How do you find Will Smith in a snowstorm? You just look for fresh prints. <laughs> and did you know that the very first French fries ever were not actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. 
I'll be here all weekend long, all weekend long. And I might just change them up every service. And so you're welcome. But hey, listen, it's Father's Day. It's Father's Day weekend. And so I want to talk to all the dads out there. I also want to talk to all the kids out there. I also want to talk to all the moms out there. Uh, and so this is going to be for all of us. But I have a, a message. In fact, I want to tell you this right up front. I just did a conference, a men's conference. I put a message together that I felt was for this weekend. And I'm a part of several leadership networks. And I had a friend, um, actually Pastor Matt Keller, said, hey guys, I felt like God put me on this, uh, uh, this on my heart, sharing it with you, do what you want with it. And I went through it with my team and I was like, guys, I thought I was gonna do this, but Matt sent me this. I think if we make this ours, it's just too good not to share. And they were like, this is what God is saying to us. And so um, I wanna give credit where credit is. Of course, we took it, we made it our own, but man, I'm so grateful to have friends who encourage us and, and share it. And, uh, and what I love about it is it's just, it's really simple and it's straight out of God's word. And so we're right, in the, uh, we're right in week two of a series that we called Some Assembly Required. We kicked it off last week with this idea of we go shopping for like a lamp and we see the showroom version. We get excited and we're like, I want that, whether it's parenting or marriage or, 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 or career or work environment, whatever. And we, we want it and we think we're gonna get it. And then we're given a box of a bunch of just like tools and boards and stuff. And we don't realize we have to put it together. It doesn't just come this way. And no meaningful relationship just comes together. It takes work. It takes intentionality. Uh, and, uh, and often there aren't instructions. Um, and so, uh, so we're talking about that. And so we, last week we said really, really simply that there's this crazy correlation. We started really simple that, that there is a direct correlation to those who follow Jesus and, and stay close to him, have healthier, more life-giving relationships than those who don't. It's, it's the, without exception. And so we talked about any relationship that for it to be vital and healthy, it's, it has to start with God. But these next three weeks, we're going to get more into the nitty gritty and, and, and give some tools. And so I want to talk about dads. I want to talk about parenting. And so here's what I'm going to do for the next 30 minutes or so. I'm going to reference dads, but here's what I know. Not everybody has a dad, has a great relationship with their dad. For some of us, this weekend is all the things that couldn't have been, weren't, could have been, should have been. It's more grief. And, and, and I'll, I'll address that in a minute, but here's what I just want to say from the beginning. When I say dad, maybe you're not a dad, but you're a grandpa. Maybe you're a, a, a stepdad, or maybe you're a mom who's been doing it on your own. So just know I'm talking to you. I, I include yourself in that, but I want to encourage us as dads. Um, and I know that some of us didn't have a present or father or a father who was involved or good. And I want to say up front, uh, because again, I know this weekend can be a lot of things for a lot of people that if that was you, I'm just, I'm really genuinely sorry. I just know that that breaks God's heart, your heavenly father. This is one of the, my favorite easiest weekends messages for me. This is the essence of who I am. I love the father idea. Um, but I want you to know that, that God uh, wants to, to, to right some wrongs in your life. If you didn't have that, he wants to establish himself as that. And if you're a dad or you want to be a dad, you have an opportunity to actually break a generational curse and start, start something better. If you come from a lineage that just, it was, you wish it was better than it was. I said last weekend, the only way to break a pattern is to start a new one. And so for some of us, maybe we get to start a new pattern. For some of us, it might be an encouragement, a reminder. Um, again, we said there's gonna be no shame and no brow beating uh, in this series, but we're gonna, we're gonna d dive into it. Um, and I wanna say this about being a dad. I've been a dad for uh, over 11 years. Um, I had an amazing dad. I, I feel like I have a lot to say about being a dad because kind of, I'm kind of the exception. Um, my dad was incredible. Like I, my dad was like Superman, superhero, man of God and in character, integrity, businessman, like just did the right things the right way. Like he was always like work hard, do the right thing. And so I, I feel, I didn't realize until later growing up that I got something most people didn't get. So my, my passion and maybe some of my, 
I don't know, confidence in this isn't my ability to be a dad, but to have been fathered by somebody who did it very intentionally and very well. In fact, uh, he'll be here uh, this weekend. So uh, pretty cool about that. Um, so, but here's what I know. Here's what I can tell you about being a dad. It's hard. Being a dad is hard. Being a mom is hard. Uh, being a dad is hard. Some of us didn't have a model for it. Um, our world today gives dads a bad rap. It seems like we're getting the brunt of it. Even we were looking at all these like Father's Day videos, like we want to honor the dads. We're like, I'm not going to do another browbeater dad video. Like I want to honor them. I want to call them to who God called us to be and, and, and affirm and their role in our life. And so, um, and so what's really cool is there's a great picture of this in the Bible. And so I want to zoom in on this. We've been talking about the Apostle Paul who authored about two thirds of the New Testament. And there's a specific relationship in the New Testament where we see that, that he kind of puts himself in the father role. Now there's debates histor historically about, did Paul have kids and a family and all that? But there was one young man, there was one relationship that Paul had that he had no problem asserting himself as a father in this young man's life. And the man's name was Timothy. Um, Paul and Timothy connected on some things. And so, um, Timothy was a young leader who helped Paul start churches and, and helped the gospel go forth after Acts kind of blew, kind of started the church. And so he, on two different occasions, wrote letters to Timothy to encourage him and equip him and empower him. And it, they're loaded with great stuff. But, but Paul kind of assumes this spiritual fathering over Timothy. And in the second letter he writes, um, he just puts a few things. And so I just want to go through the beginning of this and pull a few things because he writes some things to Timothy that I think we could glean from today. In fact, I wanna pull five things that he writes, five things that he wrote to Timothy that I think sons and daughters need from their dads. And they don't just need it from their dads, they need it from their moms, they need it from parents. And so for some of you like, well, I don't have kids. Well, you were a kid. Uh, for those of you who wanna have them, this is for you also. Also, uh, if you stick with me at the end and you think this isn't really for you, I promise I'm gonna bring it back that this has a lot to do with all of us, even if you don't think so. So I'm gonna invite you to jump with me. And so Apostle Paul had, some really good advice on how to be a good dad, specifically what our sons and daughters need from us. And so I wanna give you five things straight out of the book of Timothy that our sons and daughters need from us. They're the things we needed from our dad. They're the things that I think we wanted from our dad. We need them from our mom if dad's not around. I also think they're the things that God is trying to be in our lives as well. So you ready to dive into it? Second Timothy, the book of second Timothy, nobody said yes. I'm going anyway, forget you guys. Um, <laughs> Second Timothy uh, is the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, and we're gonna start right at the beginning because he just jumps in uh, right away. So Second Timothy chapter one, right at the beginning, says, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, uh, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace, God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what's interesting here is that Paul is actually not Timothy's biological son, uh, father, but, but he assumes that, that father position, that, that father role in his life. And, and, and what's interesting is Paul, if you were here a few weeks ago, we talked about how he was in prison and he was shipwrecked, and Paul always had a lot going on. Yet Paul on two different occasions took a lot of time and intentionality to carve out some really important thoughts to Timothy, which meant he was in his heart and he was on his mind. And for you to get written not one letter, but two in those days in, in light of everything that was going on was a pretty big deal. And so at the very beginning, he says, to my dear son, Timothy. And so we see the first thing is that he is prioritizing Timothy in his life, which is where we get the first thing that our, that sons and daughters need from us. And I would recommend taking notes because man, this is really, really, really like profoundly powerful. And so the first thing that we see that he's, he calls him a son is our children, our sons and daughters, they need to know that we see them. They need to know that we see them. That might sound simple, 
But a lot of kids, I've been dealing with youth and young adults for almost 20 years, and I can't tell you the literally thousands, because we did school assemblies for years, thousands and thousands of students and kids that I've talked to from middle school to college that felt like their parents never really saw them or knew them. They were around them, they were in the same areas, but they didn't really see them. And what's really interesting about this with Timothy is, um, you gotta kinda understand a little bit about Timothy. Timothy was a unique guy in the fact that Timothy in those days didn't really fit anywhere. He was half Greek, he was half Jewish, and so he understood both worlds, but neither one really fully accepted him. I don't know if anybody here is mixed or watching online. I have several friends that are mixed. Many of them are half black, half white, and they all, uh, several of my good friends, told me growing up that because they were mixed, they were never really fully embraced by the white community or they were never really fully embraced by the black community because both of them kind of went like, you're not really like us because of the other side. This would be what it was like for Timothy. And so he was like that. So he didn't really, he didn't really fit in. He was rejected from both sides. Yet Paul, in one case, meets this guy. And I can't help but wonder if maybe what connected them is Paul also was half Jewish and half Greek. And maybe he was like, oh, somebody, you need somebody who, who sees and understands and knows you in this world. And so he took him in as a spiritual son. But, but Paul wanted Timothy to know from the beginning, you are in my heart. I see you as family. Maybe you feel like you don't fit anywhere else, but you need to know you fit here. You belong here. This is home. This, this place is a home for not just you physically, but spiritually and emotionally. And so he says, Timothy, I see you. You're in my heart. I, I see you as a dear son. You have a permanent place in my heart. And let me give you one of the things that I, uh, that I think will really, really help dads, again, Moms, stepdads, godfathers, all that here, coaches hear all this. But I think one of, the, one of the greatest things that we can give our kids, and one of the things that, that unfortunately I think gets missed sometimes is our kids need to know that we see them for who they are, not who we want them to be and not who we wish they were. I can't tell you, again, hundreds of times I've sat with kids and many of them had achieved great things and they couldn't help. The first thing they wanted to talk about is it's never gonna be enough for my mom or my dad because I'm this or I'm that, but he wants me to be this. He wants me to be that. He's, I could win every state championship, but because I don't play his sport or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I hope we know this, but I wanna encourage and remind us that, that if you're a parent, that parenting, if you're a dad, kids are not our second chance to do over our life dreams and our goals. These are individuals who were created in God's image that Ephesians says they are his workmanship predestined ahead of time that he created them for good works that he planned for them. He planned them for us, not us. Our job is to steward them, to, to shape them, to, to, to steward that opportunity, help them to know God and find their purpose and their identity. It's not to live our dreams through them. And, and God made them unique and sees them for who they are. So again, a great prayer to pray as a parent, as a dad. God, help me, these children you've given me that are so different. Help me to see them the way you see them. Help me to see what you see. What, help me to be, be dialed into what you created because that's what, God is, that's what God is into. And so some things to think about when it comes to like seeing your kids for who they are. What are they wired to do? What are they passionate about? What, it, what matters most? We, we showed a video last week. If you were here, the, the dad says, you know, the, uh, my, my son grew up in my house and so he should play my favorite sport. He likes dance, but I like football or whatever it was. And, 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 we, and we laugh because too many of us know what that's. It's only funny because it's true. A lot of us grew up in some environment where we didn't feel like it was okay to be wired the way we were wired 
or, or passionate about what we were passionate about because there was something else being forced on us. And, and, and especially if you're a dad, but a parent of all, if you can empower your children to be who God made them to be and let them know it's a safe and okay place. And even if you do things and think and see and their temperament is different than me, it's okay because you, God didn't make a mistake when he made you. That will, that will pay huge dividends for a long, long, long time in their life. Our kids need to know that we see them for who they are. And then what we need to do is we need to get in their world. We need to encourage it. We need to affirm it. We need to, uh, uh, we need to, 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 to recognize it. Um, and one of the ways to do this, and this is where parenting and being a dad is hard, is you have to get in their world. You have to get in their world. What does that mean? Like you have to, in different seasons and stages of their life, you have to be about what they're about. I, my daughter, Madison, is 11. I have an 11-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. With Madison growing up, you know, I tried my best, with both of them, I try my best to be in their world. With Madison, when she was younger, uh, you know, there were some things we had in common, like we would do uh, Legos and she kind of got into Star Wars, but there was a lot of times that we were talking about dolls and dress up and we were painting and doing all kinds of stuff. And there wasn't anything me going like, oh, I'm a man, I don't do that. Like, I wanted to know what she was like. So I wanted to get in her world. We did, we would play, we, I mean, she was three years old, like, man, she loved High Ho Cherio, High Ho Cherio. Like, I would have a long day at work in ministry trying to change the world. The last thing I was thinking when I pulled into the driveway was like, man, I cannot wait to play 300 games of High Ho Cherio tonight. <laughs> but, but on the other hand, all I wanted to do was play High Ho Cherio. Why? Because that's what she was into, and that's what her world was. And what started with dress up and dolls and high ho cherio now in the middle school years has turned into real life conversations about having some success and having some character integrity because those pay off in the long run. My one year old son, all he wants to do is crash cars and, and walk around. He's wah wah dada, wah wah dada. He wants to walk. I do this all, like all day, all day. Not sissy, not mama, dada. I lay on the, I roll around, I get drool on myself. Like, you know, I'm grown. Like I, I, if you were just to videotape me outside of the context, you'd think there was something really wrong. In fact, you still could think that anyway, but <laughs> why? I'm trying to get in their world. I wanna be in their world. And I want them to know that, that I only want them to be who God created them to be, not who I think they should be. And sometimes in their world, I don't understand it. I don't see it, but I wanna learn it. And so, um, so get in their world, parents, our kids need to understand, they need to feel that we see them. And, and, and I know, and if you're like me, I, I, by the way, as I was putting this together, I can, and, 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 and as I was going through kind of what Matt sent me and we tweaked some stuff, I'm like, man, I was really challenged. I was really challenged. In fact, my daughter's coming to one of the services. We're gonna talk about how good I'm doing right now um, with this stuff. But I was like, man, does, does she really feel like I see her? Does she really, because I wanted to get defensive. Oh, I do that fine, I do that fine. Well, I should actually ask the person who's on the other side of the the relationship would go, do you feel seen? Maybe a great question. Do you feel seen? Ask your kids. Do you feel like I see you? They need to know we see them. Let's keep going. Second, the second thing, uh, going on our letter, uh, Paul goes on. So number one, they see them. Number two, Second Timothy verse, uh, chapter one, verse three, he says, now I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience and night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. As simple as this is, guys, this is powerful, especially from a father. Come on. Our kids need to know that we are thankful for them and that we are praying for them. Again, these are simple, but they are powerful. My whole life, I grew up with my dad praying over you, praying for you, praying for you, prayed Psalm 91 over you, praying for you, praying for you. I'm so thankful that, you, I'm so grateful that God gave, gave you as my son. Like I just heard that all the time. And I'm so glad I did because I had issues in, in, in light of all that. But Paul wanted Timothy to know that like he was thankful for him. Thank, I thank God for you and I pray for you. 
Dads, we, parents, again, godfathers, all of it, hear it. Never underestimate the power of your kids knowing that you're thankful for them. And don't just thank God for them privately. Tell them that you're thankful that you get to be their dad, their mom. I'm so glad. In fact, this is one that I don't know that I was doing great. And I found myself in preparation the last couple of weeks for this going like, I need to do a better job. And so I've made it an intentional point to go, Madison, I am so thankful that you're my daughter. I'm so thankful that I get to be your dad. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want anybody else. I wouldn't want you to be any different. Like, and it's had, like, I just watch her light up because we never get tired of hearing our dads say that. I, I'm about to be 42, and if my dad was like, I'm so grateful you're my son, I'm like, that's right, let's go change the world. You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't ever stop being something that's real. Tell them that. I Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them with your words. I am thankful for you. I'm so glad that God gave me you as a son. I'm so glad that God gave me you as a daughter. And listen, here's what, here's what I know. Some of you are like, I try, but they just like, ugh, uh, eye roll. Listen, I'm in that age group. I got a middle schooler. But this is what I can promise you, 20 years of youth ministry, even when they roll their eyes, even when they push you away, they hear you. They hear you and it matters. And it'll really, really matter in their teenage years. And it'll matter when they get serious about a relationship in college. And it'll matter when they start thinking about having their own kids. And maybe like the video said, you get to be a consultant one day. Don't let their lack of reaction stop you from reminding them, I'm so thankful that you are mine. And then the next one, this one's huge. Pray for them. Tell them you're praying for them. Pray for them in front of them. Pray over them. Pray with them. Me and my, we do that. We try to do this almost every day. My daughter, I want her to know that I'm praying on my own. I want her and I to pray about things together. And I also want her to experience me praying over her. Every night when I put Blake in the crib, I pray over him. I'm praying over his health, his future, his life, that he would know Jesus and serve Jesus and follow Jesus all the days of his life. And that if he ever decides to get married, that some girl who either was born or is about to be born or whatever, maybe she's in this church, that like she would love Jesus and they'd make a great power team. Like I'm praying over them. He won't remember it, but I believe I'm sowing spiritual seeds now that we're going to reap later on in life. So pray with them, pray for them, pray over them, pray with them. And if you're like, I don't, I'm not good at praying, start to become a prayer with them. Be like, hey, you know what? I've never much, much of a prayer. Let's learn this together. And if you don't know what prayer is, it's talking to God as if he was listening. So you just have a conversation. You don't need to know fancy language in King James. You don't talk that way. You're praying for them. And then you could take it to another level. Leave them notes on their mirrors. Text them. If they're, if they're teenagers, DM them. Hey, saw this verse today, praying this over you today. Who cares if they eye roll? You know what, because I I, I've, I've been on the trust side, the stuff they don't tell you. you know, they're like, oh, my parents are so lame. It's like, my dad was praying for me today and it made my day, but my friend. But, but you, they can't admit it in front of their friends. Don't let their reaction or lack of reaction. Some of the teenagers are looking at me right now like, dude, do not tell our secrets. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But pray for them. So don't, but don't just tell them you're praying for them. Actually pray for them. And some of us have tough kids. We do. I, I get, parenting's hard. I know. Thank you. Amen. Some one person still with me. Awake. All right. It's crazy what happens in your heart if you have some difficult children, if you make it a priority to pray over them regularly. Some of the things that used to annoy you annoy you a little less. You start to notice some of the stuff that God made and see in them. And so it's really good for your heart to make it a habit to pray for and pray over your kids. James 5 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I would say it this way. Do whatever you got to do to pray for your kids every day. Somehow, some way, with them, for them, over them, do it. And, and here's what I kind of just alluded to. You will be far less likely to criticize your kids when you're lifting them up daily before their creator. 
Now, I'm not saying there's not a time for correction. We correct all the time in our house, but there is a huge difference between correction and criticism. Your children never need you to criticize them publicly or privately, ever. They will need you to correct them. They will need you to correct them. They absolutely will. They will need you to correct them. Do it privately, don't do it publicly, but there's a huge difference between uh, correction and criticism. And if, and if you're like, man, that's crazy. I, I wanna know the difference. Call us, set up a meeting with, with one of our pastors or counselors. We wanna help you with that. Pray for them, pray with them. So number one, we see them. Number two, we're prayful, praying for them or thankful for them. Is anybody still with me? Should I keep going or should we or shut it down? Okay, all right. Dad's root beer. All right. Verse four, just going through the scripture. Timothy says, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. There's so much in this. I don't have a lot of time. But here's what he's saying. What does he say? I long to see. You know what all he's saying? And this is gonna sound so simple, but most kids don't feel this from their dad slash parents. I really desire to be with you. That's what Paul's saying. Our kids, number three, need to know that we desire to be with them. Yes, we, there's, there, there's so many, there's probably never been a time in history where more things are pulling at more people than, than in this time in history. And we've done, every year we do emotionally healthy spirituality, get your life back. We're, we go to that well all the time. Think about this. Our kids are smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. They know all the things pulling at us. Do you know the message it sends that instead of be on Facebook, instead of answer all those work emails after hours, instead of go out with the boys, instead of do all these things, do you, do you know what it means to me that I know you said no to all of that and said yes to being with us tonight? You, went, you, did the, you hung out at the pool. You watched the show. I mean, I've watched so many girls' shows. I know so many Disney shows. I'm like, oh my, I got songs in my head for the rest of my life. I got pathways I can't undo. Why? Because I wanted my daughter to know, yes, I'm leading a church. Yes, I'm doing this. Yes, I got invited to go speak at this thing and do this thing. And we have these friends and all this stuff. But I'm saying no to all that. You know why? I desire to be with you. There are certain nights I'm never available. You know why? Family night. And they win always. Our, our kids need to know that we desire to really be with them. Like I said, I long to see you. There's nothing so powerful that when a, parent, when a, when a child feels that, not knows it, feels it from their parents. And I'll say, especially their dad. Man, my dad was the master at this. My, if you ask me, like, what was it like growing up? I, don't, I never understood. My dad was like busier than most of my friend's dad, but also spent way more time with us than most of my friend's dad. I don't understand how it worked, but he was just always with us. Like, growing up for me, it was like, we were fishing with my dad. We went camping with my dad. We were golfing. We would go to the Husker games. We would go to College World Series. Now, a lot of it was stuff he liked, and we started to like it, but it was, we were constantly in the backyard playing ball with my dad. He, it, he was constantly reminding us with his words and his actions, I just want to be with you. He would be gardening. He's like, hey, let me come show you how we grow in the weeds and all the stuff and yada, yada, yada. Like, he just wanted to be with us. And man, I want my kids to know, I just want to be with you. And sometimes the times they need to hear it the most, this is not in my notes, but I think somebody needs to hear this, is the time you disapprove of their decisions the most. Otherwise, let's follow it all the way down. Our love is conditional. I'm not saying I'm going to go be dysfunctional and toxic with you, but they need to know even when they're not making wise decisions and doing things we approve of, I still desire to be with you. That will bring some healing that you've maybe been praying for. I just think somebody needed to hear that. And then I love the, go back to that verse real quick. So I want to, he says, he also says, recalling your tears. That's an intimate statement right there. The fact that Paul and Timothy have gotten away and gotten close enough to know that Paul knows what Timothy 
like what breaks his heart. What, what, he, he, what he's saying is, I know what weighs you down. I know what, 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 what breaks your heart. Dads, we gotta, and parents, we gotta get in our kids' lives enough as much as they'll let us so that we can know their highs and their lows. Because he says, I wanna be filled with joy, but I also recall your tears. We want it. What are, what are their high? This and this takes time. It takes effort. It takes selflessness. You can't fake it. You can't manufacture it. You can't rush it. It it has to be authentic because it's a relationship and it's hard and it's longevity. It it requires consistency. But but we want to. But I want to be able to know what 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 weight is is weighing my kids down. Here's a couple. Here's a couple great questions. You're like man, pastor, I want to do this. Give me a tool. Let me give you a couple questions. Just ask your kid. Maybe you have an eight-year-old son. Maybe you have a 15-year-old daughter. Maybe it's going to be different levels, but ask them, hey, what's, what's exhausting you right now? And let them talk. Probably the younger they are, the more honest they're going to be. The way you talk to mom, the fact that I never see you, the friends at school, I'm afraid I'm getting bad grades. Like if you just ask and let them stinking finish their sentence before you try to fix it all, You'll, it's amazing what you're going to learn. And you may be able to go, I recall their tears. I know what weighs them down. What's exhausting you? What's exciting you? You know, what's a, you know what one of their favorite things to talk about is? Their friends. Tell me about your friends. Who's at, who's at church with you? Who'd you hang out with? Who'd you play with at recess? What'd you guys play? Why do you care? Oh, I just want to know about your friends. Tell me more. Is that, is that Maggie? Da, da, da. My daughter, does. she's like, she goes to dance and she's like, this is this girl. And I'm like, who, who's she? She's like, dad, I tell you every week, Ava and da, da, da. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember, but I want to know. Like, I want to know. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, and, and so like ask questions about the stuff that matters them. And, and then I love this here. So that I may be filled with joy. Our kids can't hear enough how much joy they bring to us. I, I couldn't get enough of it from my parents. I can't get enough of it from God. Maybe I'm uniquely wired. I think that's in all of us. So remind them that being with them brings joy. Here's what kids need to hear more than ever. You're not a burden. You're not trouble. You're not a nuisance. You're not annoying. You are my son. You are my daughter. And I so want to be with you. You will never be a burden to me. I may not agree with everything you do. We may have some correction moments that don't go amazing because we're broken humans, but you are my son and my daughter and I love being with you. Which takes us to number four. Next scripture, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Interesting that his faith lineage is a bunch of ladies. I love that. In a time where women didn't count, Paul's like, your faith legacy comes from your mom and your grandma. And so what's the fourth one? He says, the fourth thing our sons and daughters need is they need to be reminded of the legacy of faith that's in them. They need to be reminded that, that there's some spiritual heritage in our family. Maybe you grew up in a family where there wasn't. I already said it only takes one pattern to start a new pattern. I, I love that I come, I have a deep, rich spiritual heritage uh, and, 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 and it's, there, there's like a life scripture that's like four generations long now from my grandma and grandpa on one side. Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray it and say it all the time in our house. We want our kids to know it. We want our grandkids to know it. Um, but but here's, here's what I'll say about this. Just a couple things kind of quickly. Uh, parents, our kids don't need to force feed them faith. We can't, we can't jam it down their throat. Um, but we do need to like lead them in it. We need to be an example. It needs to not just be something we talk about, but it needs to be something they see. Um, you know, we're a family that goes to church together. That this is it's not something we do, it's who we are. We're involved in the church. We get involved in our community. That this isn't, we don't just do this thing for an hour a week on the weekend, but we kind of try to live this faith thing out. That's a faith. There's a difference between a faith legacy than, than an appointment. And, uh, and if you're just starting your faith journey, you're like, man, I'm just doing good to get here once a week. You're doing it. Keep going. It's gonna get better. Like stay on track. Don't let anybody shame you for that. 
I'm just telling you, like, there's so much more, and it's amazing. But we're a family that goes to church. As long as we're together, like, we're here, we're going. Um, that, that, faith, that, that faith in church isn't just something, that Jesus isn't just something we talk about, but it's, it's the essence of who we are. So how do we, how do we um, remind them of it? Is we lead them in it, and then we remind them of it. We lead them in it, we remind them. Tell them stories. Tell them stories about growing, going to Sunday school if you have them and how you learned about Jesus and when you gave your heart to Jesus and when God did something for you. Or tell them stories of what you didn't and now that you have found Jesus, it has turned your life around and man, you would, you would like where you're going and we want to, I don't want this to die with me. I want us to be a new, we've started some new patterns. We've broken some generational curses and we aren't just work, doing this work for us, but we want to hand it to you. We want you to hand it to your kids. Have those kinds of conversations. And for some of, some of us, it might be a little awkward. Okay. That's not a good reason not to have it. Like, remind them of the faith that's in them. And don't force feed them. Just put them in environments where they can meet and connect with the real God where he's moving and, if, and pray for encounters and pray for real, a real relationship. I, I pray all the time to my kids, God I, God, I pray that they would find the real Jesus and follow him all the days of their life. They would, that they would be overwhelmed with your love and that they would be secure and that their identity would be in you and not anything of this crazy world. I pray that all the time, all the time. And I just want to, I just want to give us a, a, a fair caution. Let's just be careful that we're not pushing it on them, but not living it ourselves. Let's just be consistent. And my bad, I'm sorry, let's do better. Super powerful words. There you go. Last one, verse six. He says, for all this reason, all these five things I just gave you, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift that God gave you, which is through the laying on of hands. Fan into flame. He says, fan into flame. The fifth thing our sons and daughters need from us is this, is to know that we believe in their good future. That we believe God has something good for them. Paul needed Timothy to know that he saw the gifts, he saw the callings in them, and he was like, whatever I gotta do to pull the best out of you, whatever I gotta do, like go after that. The world's gonna pull you this way, but you were made by God to do this, and, and I need you to stay focused because you will find peace, you will find purpose, and you will change the world if you stay on that path. One of the best ways we can do that is, is to speak life and belief over our kids. Speak life, speak life, encourage them. Speak life that you believe in them, that you believe in that God has a good future for them. Not just this kind of self-care, I believe in you, but I believe God made you for something great. I, I've, I've been saying that since, over both of my kids since they were in the crib, they'll never remember. Like God put you on this planet to do something great, to make the world a better place. And I hope you find and you discover it. Pray it. See it, believe it, pray for it, speak it. They're good future. And then don't put unrealistic expectations on them. Can I give you a huge tool? And there, I've read some interesting psychology stuff on this as well, but can I give you a huge tool to help this whole believing in their good future? When you're trying to speak and believe in it, don't reward achievement. Don't only praise achievement. Praise and reward effort and movement. Because if it's only achievement, they're going to think that they're, you being proud of them and you loving them is only based on what they ever accomplish. But if it's about growth and movement and effort, now you're rewarding the right things. And whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. I heard uh, the, uh, Dr. Tim Elmore said this years ago, and it's always stuck with me. He said, don't, when your kid comes home, he, I think he used a Little League baseball. He said, when he came home, don't make it about balls and strikes and whether you won or lost or how he pitched. Use this one phrase. I what our kids really need to hear from us, I really enjoy watching you play. If they're into dance or theater, I really enjoy watching you perform. Don't make it about the performance. Don't make it about the achievement. Our world is already obsessed with that. And everybody's has, nobody has self-esteem because of it. 
You want to put self-esteem in? I just love watching you do what God put in you. I love watching you do what you're good at. I love watching you do what you love. I don't care if you win or lose. I don't care if you strike out five times or hit five home runs. I don't care. You know, my, I, my daughter's in it. She's in the dance and all the time she's, dad, show me, dad, do this. And I'm like, I don't know. What is that? A Perrier, a Tondu, Fondue? Like, I don't remember. She's like, no, dad, it's not. I, I never can remember. Pirouette, whatever. But I, I've made it every, every time she's ever done anything, piano, dance, tennis, whatever. I always say, ah, oh, man, I just love watching you perform. I love, did you see I messed up? Nope, I didn't notice it. Did you see how I nailed it? Not really. I'm not good enough at dance to know. I just love watching you do what you do. Our kids need to know I love watching you perform. I reward, praise, acknowledge, effort, growth, not just achievement. Some of you, that's what your kids need. That's, you came here this weekend to hear that. They already have enough critics around them. And they're all over social media, but you know where the biggest critic for every single one of your kids is? In their own head. I promise, even if you don't know it and they don't act, they're already their biggest critics. They don't need another critic. They need a mom. They need a dad. They need a prayer warrior, somebody who's thankful, who's cheering their mom, who believes in their good future, who sees them, who desires to be with them. That's what our kids need. And oh, by the way, you didn't ask, but can I give you my opinion? That's what's gonna change America, not politics. Our future can't, our future can't be legislated. It has to be parented into the future generations. And I will take that to my stinking grave. And so we need to parent. We need to be moms and dads and spiritual cheerleaders. And so put them all on the screen. Here are the five things our sons and daughters need, that we see them. Your kids need to know you see them for what they do, who they are, that you're praying for them, that you're thankful for them, that you desire to be with them, even if it's not your favorite thing to do. Someday they're gonna get smart enough to figure out all the sacrifices you made, and there's gonna be a love explosion that happens in their heart, and it might just reshape their future if it's not headed in the right direction. Remind them of the legacy of faith that you're wanting to leave in your family. And then number five, that we believe in their good future. And now some of you, you've been great. Only a couple people left. Most of you stayed. It's fine, it's fine. I'm here either way. Uh, I preach to myself on Fridays. It's way funner when you're here. Um, some of you are like, oh, this is good. My kids are grown. I don't have kids. I'm never going to have kids. I can't have kids. My, the ship has sailed. I fail. I told you if you stick with me, I want to show you how this kind of brings us all. Because of all the pictures and metaphors that God chose to describe his relationship with us, anybody know what he chose? Father. So these are not just the things that our sons and daughters need from us. Oh, by the way, if you give Jesus a spot in your heart and a life, if you give God space in your life, did you know that these are also the things that he wants to establish in you? If you were to go, what's God up to in my life? He's not trying to criticize you, run you down, tell you you ought to know better. Do you know what he wants to do to you? You know what he knows you need to hear from him? That he sees you. This is what God's trying to tell us. This is your personal relationship with Jesus. That's the beauty of this thing. He wants you to know that he's thankful for you. So thankful that he decided to create you. He's praying for you. The Bible says Jesus stands next to the Father interceding on our behalf. Do you know what that means? He's praying for us. That he desires to be with us so much that since the beginning of time, he's like, how can I be with my people? Temple, fine. Tabernacle, fine. Temple, whatever, fine. Weird, whatever. How about, well, how about you just, my, your body will be my, the temple of my spirit. I just want to be with you. Since the beginning of time, that's a, this is the entire story of the Bible that he desires to be with us. 
He wants to remind you that there's a faith legacy in you, that you bear his image and he created you on purpose for a purpose. And he believes in your good future. This is what God wants you to know. On this Father's Day, this is your father speaking to you. Not only do our sons and daughters need this from us, but this is what he wants to tell you this Father's Day. But God is the most powerful force in the universe, but he's the ultimate gentleman and he will never force himself on any of his creation. And so the only way you get to discover and experience this is if you open your heart and your life to it, just like in a real relationship, you have to let somebody in. And so I hope if you're a parent, if you're a dad, I gave you some encouragement or some tools. Um, Go ahead and put the other list back up real quick. Here's maybe a thought. Maybe pick one or two that you think you're doing well and maybe pick one or two that you think you could work on over the next few weeks. If you're not sure, I'll tell you who will give you a grade. Your kids. So say, hey, how am I doing? This time I'm the student, you're the teacher. Rate me. How can I do better? Do you feel this? Do you feel this? Do you feel this? Do I do this? How could I do better? How could I do more? You want to change the, the, the tone and temperature of your, your home? Just do this. But for many of us, it's either a reminder or a starter that this starts with our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I pray this Father's Day that you would open your heart, that you would open your life to know that he sees you, he's thankful for you, he desires to be with you, he has a good future for you, and he has a legacy of faith he wants to leave in you. And if that starts there, it can't help but trickle to your sons and your daughters. And if you don't have sons and daughters, spiritually parent people like Paul did, mentor people, speak life, get involved. There's a generation that nobody wants to take responsibility for. And as followers of Jesus, we kind of don't have an opportunity. And so let's do this for our kids and let's find a few kids that don't have it and let's be it for them too. Come on, somebody. So if you've, never, if you've never opened your heart to God, it's as simple as saying, God, I wanna give you my life. I want to know those things from you. The best way to do it is to invite him in your heart and then we would love to follow up with you. So grab your phone on your way out, text Cape Yes to 94000. But for the rest of us, I wanna pray over you. And I wanna pray. As I pray, if you've never said yes to Jesus, it's the most important thing you could do is invite him in. Text, text that and we will follow up with you. But for the rest of us, I wanna pray that first of all, that you would know this from God. And that secondly, if you have any influence with the next generation, that you would be uh, somebody who is in a vessel of this in their life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this brilliant reminder this Father's Day weekend that you see us. You're thankful for us. You desire to be with us, that you believe in our good future, that there's a legacy of faith in us. God, I pray for anybody who's forgotten or they, they feel too far gone or they're too ashamed or they've made too many mistakes, that this message this weekend would be a reminder that you are still drawing yourself to us, that we that you wanna be close to us and, and, that, and that you desire these things for us. Anybody here who's never said yes to Jesus, God, I pray that they would open their hearts to you now and let you in and you would transform their life. And then God, for all of us, who have sons and daughters, or maybe we're a, a grandparent or a godparent, or we're, we're in that role even as Paul was with Timothy. Would you help us to get this right? Help us to do it. May we take this and apply it. May we, may we get better. May we grow. May we not felt shamed or browbeaten, but God, may this help us to love like you love and lead like you lead. God, I thank you that you're never done with us, that we're never too far gone, and that all you're interested in is being with us and making us like you. So as we walk out of these doors and we celebrate Father's Day this weekend, or we grieve and mourn Father's Day this weekend, I pray that we would let you speak, that we would let you into that space in our heart, and that you'd help us to do this well. In Jesus' name, amen.